Well, welcome back to Talking Property and uh, I've got with me Mark Polisco and it's been a really, really interesting week in the uh, property sector. Mark, of course, we'd have to start off with Stella because you did break that story a number of weeks ago and uh, the others, of course, followed. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. It was nearly a month ago we got it that. Was, and it was, it was. A couple of days ago I saw it on the news, so... Yeah. yeah, and remember Love. at the time when you did write that story that uh, you did get a few nasty phone calls to pull it down, wasn't it? That it I, wasn't right. <laughs> yeah, but it was It was 100% right. I think everyone was just um, trying to manage that a little bit themselves and <laughs> that doesn't work for me. So <laughs> so we've found out that the Conti is finally listed, although you did, uh, you know, break it first. Yeah, no, it's for sale now. It's for sale as a, a, a mid-construction and... Um, it's yeah. So that's uh, Colliers have got that listing for public sale. So we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. It's it's, it's an opportunity, I think, for somebody because um, the council is going to want to see it developed. So I have a feeling that um, somebody might, and because the market's upturned since the election, it's good timing for the vendors. But I have a feeling that whoever buys it is probably going to try and propose something a little bit different to what's permitted. So it's going to be a few stories coming up on that, I think. And uh, locally in Sorrento, there's been a groundswell of uh, interest in it and what's happening to it because it is quite an eyesore now with all the uh, boarding and hoarding around it and this big uh, concrete pit out the back. So they had their community meeting and there was a member of council Council there. There was also um, the residents group, and you know whatever you think and whichever side you're on. Congratulations to for the developer for showing up because so often they can hide and uh, not front the music. But he was there. No, and good and good on him. Definitely, especially seeing that you could argue he didn't really do anything wrong. He's not the uh, you know he, Stella Stella should have been the ones turning up and 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 facing the music. But he actually has, took the responsibility of it. So good on him for that. Yeah, he had the vision. He had the vision, and yeah, he had the, and he did yeah. not. Yeah, so I do. I do sympathise with him because it was a good idea, and he just um, he just in time will he just got involved with the wrong people in the end. Now we were trying to think um, what else has been a major landmark or um, a major project that uh, has got perhaps this far and then fallen over because of the lack of funding. I mean, do you really do you think that there should be some sort of guarantee or some rigour around it? So Absolutely. I noticed that even on some of the forums I've seen on social media and I agree with it entirely that um, council probably should, council should have made sure that there was the funds in there to proceed before granting before granting it, before allowing them to start digging big holes. Um, so that's actually something that we might see happen in the future is that when someone starts construction like this, you have to have a, a pool fund or something where there'll be a guarantee or some, make sure you've got the right kind of insurance to cover it so that you don't have this kind of problem. Now, they did have their community meeting last Sunday and, um, you know, things will continue to happen. But I was a bit disappointed that along the way over the last couple of weeks since you did break that story, that there was very little communication. So it allowed lots of rumours and innuendo that once out there, it's very hard to, you know, uh, get find the truth. Yeah, definitely. And this is actually something that from your business, from a PR point of view, it's a good example to show that um, you should really try and take control of it when it happens. Because when somebody, when the owners of a site like Stella don't communicate with us, we can write what we want, really, because we've given them a right of reply. They haven't replied, so we can and we can do that. Whereas, um, I, I think a more effective way would have been to tend to take control of it straight away and to try and, and just try and produce comments and, and um, yeah, interesting. Because even if they didn't have anything to say and it was, uh, you know, status quo, 
they could have just kept saying that. Yeah, that's right. But by not saying any, yeah, by not saying anything, it was it really did put the fear in that this could be it could be a worst case scenario, and it could yeah, absolutely. So I think they're back on track now. Like I've noticed that Stella on my own social media, they're 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 back now. So I've got a feeling if I contact them again, I will hear back from them this time. But um, so I think that might be happening. But yeah, they they just let a month go of of not making any comments, which just let all the rumors go, and um, yeah. So take us through then, as a journalist, Mark, of course, we've spoken about this before, but you'll go on Google, you'll search, you'll find out what's the latest, you'll make phone calls. Um, So their website and their social media would be the first point of call to see what's happening. Yeah, definitely. And their website was shut down. Stella's website was uh, shut down about a month ago. So yeah, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And then you go on to social, then you go on to things like the the Sorrento Watchers, for example, which is a great website. And then you start hearing what locals are all saying. And then they're... They're, they're, they're discussion points so I can put into a story that uh, then the developers don't follow up so I can publish it and write again and it just keeps it just, just, just keeps snowballing. So they really should have taken control of it. I think that that was very, handled very pretty badly by them. Like personally. even closing down a website, that's not the thing to do. No, that's right. Absolutely not. That's, um, yeah, you don't do that. That's really, like, <laughs> take, take the confidence away when you do that. It's like the traditional media putting the head in front of the camera and saying, no comment, yeah. no comment, or head down and you run away. Whereas yeah. uh, on the website, you know, it doesn't take much to just put a couple of lines up and say, we will keep you updated or yeah. give an email address and as soon as we know more, we'll let you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was just shocked. I haven't seen that ever happen before where a mm. website shut down while there's so much negative discussion going on and, then, and at that stage they weren't in administration like there was still this uh, the last comment I got from them was that they were changing strategy they'd be focusing on aged care so when you see the website closed down you, you, you realise there's been, there's been some lying going on in there so yeah I'm just really surprised at how, how poorly that was handled mm, So it'll be a watch this space I think to see whether they do get some advice and um, what happens moving forward Yeah, Or take some different advice perhaps from yes. different, different. I don't know who their PR people are but take some different advice I don't and, think uh, they've got any actually <laughs> You know, and that's what happens a lot of the times. Oh, um, you know, we don't need any. But uh, once a crisis hits, yeah. um, you know, reputation's everything. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was actually just thinking they wouldn't, they couldn't afford advice. They probably can't afford to pay somebody to. I mean, I don't know what happened. I think they put everything on ice. So anyway, we'll see how it goes in a month's time. I'm I'm back on in communication with them again. So <laughs> in communication, we'll... <laughs> you mean they like your um, posts and they're yeah, commenting? I, really, I had to go and sec. Yeah, I got like I did get liked from somebody from Senior in Stella the other day and I was like, I had to go and double check. But um, so yeah, we'll get back onto the right track. <laughs> I, I imagine they'll be asking me to take down some of my stories pretty soon. <laughs> we will. Uh, oh, and speaking of that, taking down stories, uh, you're not sometimes the most popular when it comes to developers and uh, you write the stories because uh, you do get it right most of the time and uh, sometimes it's uh, before they want to announce it. Oh yeah, definitely. I hate being part of a, a media strategy where I have to wait for them to do something. And uh, yeah, actually I did. I had an interesting, I can't name names, but about two Fridays ago, I spent one hour texting a very angry developer who wouldn't tell me what an issue he had with the story was, but just kept on demanding that I took it down. And I was that, I just do the opposite when that happens. It's like, well, obviously it's bothering you for something, so it stays up. And uh, we didn't really resolve the issue. The, the story's still up. But, um, yeah, you do, you, do, you do get that a lot. If you ring up someone and ask them to take a story down, we, we, we realise we're onto something and we keep it up. I do anyway. Unless there's some legal reason, and in this case there wasn't. There wasn't, no. Nah, it was a pretty straightforward case and it was a pretty straightforward story. There was, And I, I double-checked everything after that. Obviously, when someone gives you that kind of warning... Um, 
but uh, yeah, they didn't follow it up either. So you did say Friday though, Friday night could have been after a uh, perhaps a Friday lunch or a few. Could drinks. have been. It could have been. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do get stories a lot on Friday nights and Melbourne Cup week. I, I often contact people on on Oaks Day when they've had a few drinks, and that's when they give. I, I reckon that's the best week I get stories <laughs> is when people have had a few drinks. Again, <laughs> put the phone away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're having a few drinks. All right, that's enough about Stella at the moment because that's obviously a work in progress. We're going to keep on watching it. What else has been happening? Well, the, the, last month in terms of the, the website, it's uh, the, the top story. I call that the month that people loved misery because my top three my top three stories was Estella falling over, another developer called Canny going into administration, another developer called Nixon going under as well. So people seem to really love the negative news last month. But um, I, I do firmly feel that since the election, the market's improved and um, some of the results we're seeing at the moment are... It's almost it's a 180 of how it was three months ago. So it's an interesting interesting couple of months. That's really interesting because you know we were relying on the fact that oh after the election it'll get better yeah. after the election, but it didn't happen immediately. So it's now starting to yeah. pick up. You're saying yeah, that's right. I think, and this reminds me a lot of without. This reminds me a lot of 2011, where it was two years into a downturn, and then there was this sudden spike. It was like everybody who had the money and had been sitting back waiting, they all suddenly came out. So um, I actually think that this year might be. I think that this this year might might be a bit better than even next year. I think we are having a little bit of a spike in demand. So whoever's got their properties for sale at the moment, I think is doing pretty well. And I wrote one about one yesterday. It was supposed to be a 35 million dollar, or was a 35 million dollar listing six weeks ago, sold for 43 million dollars. That's happening with a few um, office blocks as well where they're just selling 20-30% above expectations so it's 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 not a bad time to sell a lot of people who uh, yeah there's a lot of people out there still so where was that one located yesterday the one uh, little, little Collins Street 130 oh. Little Collins Street so Uniting Church sold um, that building offered that building after 52 years and um, 35 million dollars was the expectation upon listing and even at the time I thought that was the upper end um, but then yeah it was reported that it sold, sort of sold for just over 40 million and then that was firmed up a little bit more to, to 43 million so that's pretty mm, good that's they, good news and, and do you know happy. what they might be doing is there any rumours about it yes well there is a few rumours that was sold with a permit for a hotel um, my understanding is that a lot of residential developers looked at it and uh, it was bought by Golden Age Group, Jeff Zhu. And the rumour that I'm hearing the most now is that it will actually be an office development, which will be a good idea. It's a good spot for an office. Yeah. Jeff does some quite good developments, doesn't he? He does. He does. Yeah. And he's, well, he sold a couple recently. He tried to do one on Spring Street, uh, a prestige project at 85 Spring Street. That didn't work out. So he sold out of that. And he's, he's behind an office building in East Melbourne as well. Um, that he's sold out of. So it's good to see him actually buying something again. So He must know something. He must know something. <laughs> you know, he knows, a, you know, he knows a, a, an astute buy, I think. Yes. And what else? You mentioned um, with the good news that uh, people have been buying up. Um, yeah, just some, just some of the values. I mean, the fact that things are actually selling, like this time last year, I'd be following up agents after an EOI closes and they're like, oh, nothing's really happening. We're waiting a couple of weeks. But now things are disappearing from the websites. And even in residential, there's a big residential story I've got to follow up. Um, an eight-figure deal that is, I understand is sold. So, yeah, no, it's, it, it, people are coming out, people, and they've got t- more than $10 million to spend. So that's a, that's, a good, that's a good thing. So when you're talking about the $10 million and sometimes we talk about a tightening market as far as lending, uh, 
where is this sort of their own assets, do you think? Or Yeah, well, some of them. One of the stories I've written today is about a developer called Bill McNee. And he's, uh, he's, he's, always, he's, he's, a, he's I think he's a lovely guy. And he's building an office in South Melbourne, in South Yarra, sorry, on a speculative basis without bank funding. It's a $100 million office. So, so is he doing that as himself or Vicland? Is it well, still Vicland? Yeah, it's his yes. Vicland company. So he bought, he bought the car, it was a jam factory car park, mm. which he bought last year off market. And I was just following up to see, oh, have you applied for, have you applied? For? I knew he had applied for something, but I was wondering how that was going and construction's actually started and he's doing it on a spec basis. So you can't get much better than a developer building something speculatively without bank funding. Did you see his office? In South, in South, the first one in South Yarra. I did see video. It was supposed to be the best office in oh, the world. They was it? It, it was amazing. When you walked through it, you were thinking, is this a bachelor pad or an office? Yeah, and it, it had the big um, neon sign outside, which he sort of sold for advertising. It was oh, just was it? Opposite the jam factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it had lots, 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 lots of beautiful velvet furniture and yes. wallpaper. It looked like a bit like a – well, I won't say that. Yeah. But, yeah, it did. Like, it did like. We're on the same level, yeah. <laughs> so, so, no, Bill's quite colourful, I think, around town. Very quiet, though. Yeah, he is. As, as you as, – he, he, he tries to be, but he, he just buys really good, good high-profile sites, and he does really well. He he actually turned around and a, a develop. He owned something in Port Melbourne that he sold for a huge profit a couple of years after he bought it. So, look, good on him. Good on him, Mike. I think it was a Fisherman's Bend, didn't yeah. he? Have fish- yeah. yeah, that's right. I can't remember yeah. the exact values, but I think that he sold. I think he bought it for thirty million, or mm. and he sold it for multiples of that. So. He was ahead of the, ahead as well, and same with South Yarra. Like, I mean, there's been a lot of people talking about building offices in South Yarra, but none of them have actually pressed the button on it. They were waiting for pre-commitments, so he's putting himself in the box seat, saying this is going to be done by next year, and I think he'll, I think he'll do pretty well. Oh, good on him. Yep. And uh, what else has been uh, exciting you? Um, what else? <laughs> Hold on, let's see. Well, there's been a bit happening. There's been some big land sales happening actually in the in the burbs, and this is actually possibly linked. People are telling me, and I, I, I can see it, but it's possibly linked to the negative press about apartments at the moment, like the building quality of apartments and the cladding issues with apartments is that the investors are sort of considering buying houses on land again. And so I think that's driving some of these land sales. So Goldfields, we got that story first last week. Goldfields has paid about $110 million to a lucky farmer in, um, in Clyde North, which is actually in the southeast. Um, that's the second big land sale that they've done recently. Mervac and Borrell are teaming together to build to replace a, a quarry in Scoresby. The Mervac and Borrell also teams um, for a development site in um, in Donnybrook. So Mel- Melbourne's going to be sprawling a bit further out over the next few years. So with the Clyde North one, does that have a permit or is that sort of nope. what's happening? Okay, nope. so that'll, that'll be a bit of time though before it yeah, gets that- for sale? Um, possibly not. I think they're actually going, I think they're aiming to have something up by this year. So it didn't have a permit, but it's got a, got a planning scheme. I think they're anticipating about a thousand plots there, but it's surrounded by three other housing estates. So I really don't think it will be an issue for them to, to get that. And, you know, n- nowadays developers actually start marketing blocks of land before mm. approvals have even come because by the time the paperwork all gets done, it lines up. So they're, they're getting moving on that. And Goldfields bought a block in Plumpton, um, or Fraser Rise, which is part of Plumpton, about four months ago, I reported that one as well. So that's um, so they, they they're, so they're moving on that one too. So yeah, yeah, it's it's like um, that house and land, um, the land that don't really get the uh, the heights that the residential, you know, inner city apartments do, do they? So, you know, it can be very quietly, quietly, and suddenly you're driving out and think, whoa, where did all that come from? Yeah, that's right. Well, when I, I lived at Phillip Island for six years, so I did see that. Like, it, it was always like Pakenham was where Melbourne ended, and then it started going further. It's, every time I every every month, Melbourne would sprawl further southeast, and it happens everywhere else too. What's important is that the values of these properties are actually going up, and this is where... 
I realized that I gave bad advice five years ago when I used to tell people I wouldn't buy a house on land at the edge of Melbourne because they won't go up. But these properties that were worth $350,000 five years ago are now worth $450,000, so I stand corrected. And, um, and, I, and I'm actually looking at them myself if I ever need to invest again because you can't, you know, I'm a big believer, I like land. Mm. Yeah, yeah, land, it's uh, a bit different after you've been living in the booths for quite a time and then you go out and think, oh my gosh. Yeah, a little bit of space. Well, there's a famous Mark Twain quote, uh, buy land, they don't build it anymore and that's absolutely right. (laughs) True. Ah, now um, there's been some movers and shakers and um, some announcements this week, your friend and mine. Yeah, yeah, as there tends to be at the end of the financial year. So um, a couple of agencies are no more. So the Bella brand is no more. Um, The the commercial arm is now known as Aston Commercial and Buxton bought the project marketing division and the residential division. Um, Estate 8, which is Nick Tooney's um, company that he started after he left Richard Ellis, that's been... uh, Acquired, I guess, by 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 Colliers, they they they've taken over the whole team. So I noticed that the East Melbourne office is now vacant where Nick was. Um, so that should be interesting. And then he had a good he had a good he had a good it, yeah a good book of uh, residential yeah. projects. So yeah, it'd be interesting to watch that space. Do you think um, you know Colliers is putting a lot more emphasis in that area in project marketing? I, I think so. When when I because I think that once for mine anyway, once Nick came along, I kind of forgot what other agencies had project marketing, and some of them have closed them down over the time, whereas Nick was the consistent one. So obviously Colliers is trying to up, up its project marketing. So it should. It's it, it's it's going to yeah. I think Nick, Nick's done pretty well. He'll shake them up. But especially, especially on his social media too, he's quite active on social, he is. isn't he? Yeah, he is. That's right. He's always – and I've always got a theory, and I've told Nick this, but if he's one of the first people to like one of my stories, I usually know that I'm going to get like 100 likes. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's always on it. And he's up at the odd hours than I am as well. So often I'll post no, something at 3 in the morning. No, not as odd as you. <laughs> not as odd, but he's, he's often keeping me company at 3 in the morning by liking stuff and we'll have a bit of a chat. So he's a, he's, he's a hard worker too. Yeah. Never sleeps. <laughs> uh, tell me about Cremorne, though. There was a bit of a rumour that uh, the land value seems to have gone up there too. It's not a rumour. It's actually mm-hmm. done really well. Yeah, there was a sale six months ago that um, valued land at 13000 a square metre and that made news just for the fact that it was so high. And then a, a similar block sold for thirteen six. And um, that's nine, it was nine, nine months later. So, um, you know, Cremorne, they always say, is the hottest hottest office market in Melbourne at the moment. So we actually did a story about a month ago about um, Gus Cooper and Michael Michael Gannon. They own a fair bit of land around Cremorne and they're proposing a, a, what I think will probably be one of the biggest projects there. It's an amazing long site abutting the train line and it'll be a 10-level office building, a four-level office building and a public plaza. So Cremorne will pretty soon have a you know, an area the public can go through. It's still horrible for car parking. I always get to Cremorne 40 minutes earlier just to try and get a car park. I wish council would just encourage, I wish council would just dig underground and, and, do, and fix that. But um, it does have a really good atmosphere, I have to say. So. And they've done that super site, which uh, caused a bit of traffic chaos around the Punt Road area and, uh, you know, the, where the train station was in Wellington Street. So. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Of, yeah, that's right. And MYOB is now under construction mm. there and there's another car park that uh, the um, Cremorne Properties, which is Gus Cooper and Michael Gannon, a building for Seek as well. That used to be a car park that you could park in. Now it's, it's a development site. So you hit um, Swan Street when it is morning peak hour and it's just 
hundreds of thousands of people walking across the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then hitting the and also there's a bit a big change along Swan Street in the lunch offerings now because of the workers and all of that. Yeah, which is, it's, it's become been very very fancy. Yes. It used to be a bit dank twenty years ago. And now it's now now you can't go in there in your tracksuit pants anymore. It's a, it's very very fancy now, yeah. and and that makes sense. Like it's a great location. It's right on the border of South Yarra. Um, it does make sense, but unfortunately, I, my, my view is that the, the parking's going to be the, oh, end, yeah, the end of terrible. it. And um, some of the occupiers I've spoken to have pointed that out too. I mean, the first 10 minutes of their meetings is getting yelled at about how they couldn't get a car park. So I think council needs to, needs to do something about that. It's pretty bad. Just not sure where they'd put it. I don't know where they're going to put it either, no. but then in, then in that case, you have to look at your applications and go, mm. well, maybe we shouldn't be improving this this size. And I really don't think you can keep on saying, oh, but it's got Richmond Station there and it's got East Richmond Station and the trams. If you look at it, the trams are packed and you see yeah. people just waiting as those trams go yeah. by. Yeah, that's right. And I, I, I really hate when councils give me that as an answer. It's like just get public transport. It's like if you caught public transport, for that exact reason, the trams can be packed. Um, and I, I'm not – I'm a driver. I, I tend to drive everywhere. Even if I've got appointments in the city, I'll take my, my Commodore into the city and struggle to get a car park as well. But I'm not a public transport person and I'm not the only one. So I, I – they're, they're, they're trying to force people to get public transport places. And even though Cremorne and South Yarra are very well serviced by public transport, the clients of a lot of these people are going to be driving and they need to factor that in a lot more, is my, my personal mm. view. So I do love Cremorne, but uh, I do tend to get angry when I turn up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got a good vibe, though. It does, have a, it does have a very good vibe and some very, very high-tech tenants moving in. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Now, Nick Theodosi, well, when I think of him, I think of cars. But yeah. uh, there's a lot more to him than that yeah he's yeah he's listed well he owns he owns great real estate and um particularly and he's he must incredibly for him he must have he's very very lucky because this new um melbourne metro station the new north melbourne station is actually under construction adjacent to his um his showroom and he put the property on the market um and i didn't realize he owns 12 12 properties around there so this is one of those sort of stories you come across and you realize that someone spent decades building up a development site so it's a great opportunity for someone there and it, 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 it abuts what will be the train line in a few years time so um he's doing pretty well that's actually been my number three story for for last month was the nick theodosi listing the garden street properties but i think that i'm probably getting a lot of google hits from people looking up nick theodosi cars and then my story comes up but um but no he, he owns a fair bit of property and for, for me anyway cars is my second passion after property so i've got a lot of time for him so, what do you think will sort of um, develop out of that site, or who do you think will be interested in it? I think the major players will be interested. Mm. It's one hundred and fifty million dollars for he's put the twelve properties into as for sale as two two large development sites. He's got um, development. Uh, he's put. He's got an architect to design some buildings that can go there. They're all seventeen stories. So I think it'll be someone like a Murvac or something. What's really strategic about that is that it, it will be on top of a train station. So or it'll be abutting a train station, and that's just that's, you know, I. I, I Sometimes I think 17 stories is probably a bit underutilizing the site. Whoever buys it will probably go a bit taller. But you don't you can't get a block like that. So I hope he does well. And let's hope there's some car parking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind parking when I go and visit him. You can just park in the driveway there. I don't feel too bad if I'm yeah, exactly. But I wonder where he'll go after that. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh now I mean, I go past and I remember it, no wonder, because it's been there for 25 years, and Shots Home Emporium. Yeah, that's right, in Hoddle Street. So um, every couple of years, whenever there's a story about land tax going up, I've noticed that the TV news goes and interviews Shots Home Emporium because their land tax has really gone up a lot over the last few years because um, for people like researchers and valuers, the, the term they use is highest and best use. And unfortunately, 
that, that that's such a busy spot of Hoddle Street like that, a showroom's not isn't the best thing for it. So the land tax has gone up a fair bit, I understand. Um, so it's the councils are sort of encouraging that it will be replaced with something, probably apartments or probably an office down the track. But it is a very high profile site, and they've moved their warehousing over to Geelong, and they've leased a new showroom at the old Philip Morris cigarette factory out in Moorabbin. So. Um, yeah, but again, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I, 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 I'd struggle finding a car park at their Clifton Hill place. So it's probably a good thing that they're moving. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, all right. So, what's been your favourite story um, in the last week? In the what? last, oh, um, well, I, I was happy to report the South Yarra listing because I've, it, 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 I've, I got a bit over just reading about these proposals in South Yarra. To actually see something happening is pretty good. What I'm starting to see a lot of this month, even in the last four days, is at the block. Um, has now become back into my top 10. So the block, the next block is in St Kilda, uh, the old Oslo Hotel. And it's, it's complete already, but they haven't started airing it yet. But um, I'm noticing that they must be doing some advertising on TV because I'm getting a lot of hits for that for that story. So on my website, um, I've got the story with all the floor plans of the building. So anyone oh, right. who wants to have a look at what it's going to be, they can get a um, yeah, they, they, a bit of a what do I call it? A, something of a uh, sneak peek, a sneak preview? peek. Um, uh, yeah, something yeah. more dramatic than that. But we'll yeah, no, there is that, yeah, there's an actual term. It's a um, when when someone when so you don't want to know there is. Oh, sorry, you might want to stop oh. recording it. That's right. Yeah, uh, a, a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. A spoiler alert. It, if, you want a spoil, if you want a spoiler alert, <laughs> the and coffee's see not working at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that'll be interesting. So we're going to get all back into the block again now. So it does well. So when you say you've got the floor plans, is that the floor plans on how they're finished now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the oh, floor right. plans that they applied for. So they bought the block. They bought the, the producers bought that property about a year ago, and then they applied pretty much straight away to get the to get the refurbishment done. And I was right there. I was getting all the information about it, and I, I got thought you were applying. I saw that all. No, 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 tape. no, no. I'm not the most. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm not the most stylish of the. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do that. I don't think. But um, so we've got the floor plan. So anyone who wants to know how many, anyone, how many bedrooms and what they're planning on doing and any rooftop gardens and all that kind of thing, have a look. Have a look at the story. Well, oh, good. Cool. You won't read that by. Um, yeah, you won't read that elsewhere. I don't think. Excellent. All right. So, uh, what's been keeping you up of a night, though? You know, we know that uh, you're always a late owl <laughs> and a night owl. Um, is there anything that uh, you know you're on to? You can give us a bit of a tip about, and uh, we might uh, hear in the coming weeks. Yeah. Well, there'll be a there'll be a pretty substantial residential sale that I'll be writing about pretty okay. soon, or offloaded by somebody quite high profile. There's another even bigger one again that I'm I'm, I'm following up. So I think that um, we will see. I think Melbourne will have a new record house price within probably about Ooh. possibly within six six to eighteen months. I'm thinking. Um, so at the moment, that's fifty two point five million, and the the listing that I'm hearing about is is going to be substantially more than that. Now, clearly, Mark, you get the stories first, so so other people can get the stories first, and then we read about them afterwards <laughs> in the traditional media. Uh, it's realestatesource.com.au. It is, it is. And um, and it's not even, yeah, and I'm actually doing, yeah, it's getting a lot of hits itself now, so I think that, uh, yeah, I'm very, very happy with that. You must be really pleased, though, when um, your developers and advertisers and things like that come along and, you know, voluntarily say to you, hey, this is working. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And from what I – yeah, absolutely. It is, it is good to know. When when they approach you and give you information, and I think that's probably the, the style that I can go on on the website. Like I can write as long as I need to. I can put a bit of 
passive aggressive in there if I need to, and it's it's yeah, I, I mean I'm enjoying it actually. It's a it's a unique product. I haven't been sued yet, which is good. And I get, you're I, get a, too. <laughs> I get a few Friday night angry messages, yeah. <laughs> but that's, I can handle those. But um, no, it's, it's doing really well. I'm very happy that there's a niche in the market for this, and it is very Melbourne focused. But that makes sense. We'll be the biggest city soon enough. So. Yeah. Congratulations again, and uh, thanks very much for talking with us, Mark. Thank you. No, any time. Speak soon. <laughs>